Thanks for downloading this official Munster Rugby podcast. For more, go to munsterrugby.ie or subscribe to Munster Rugby on SoundCloud or iTunes. Hello and welcome to this month's episode of the Crooked Feed podcast. We're delighted to be joined by the latest Munster player to make his Ireland debut, Sammy Arnold. Sammy tells us about his path to professional rugby and some of the highs and lows he's experienced at Munster so far. We started off by asking Sammy about one of the most daunting aspects of every player's first Ireland cap, having to sing a song in front of all your new teammates. Uh, I sang The Wild Rover and luckily everybody joined in so I managed to cover up my terrible voice. Was that a tactical thing? You, it was a sing-along song so... Uh, yeah, I'd heard a few of the lads had a few shockers before so I made sure I knew kind of one that everyone knew the words to and then once I got through the first couple of lines everybody joined in so it was good. I was happy enough with how it went. Yeah, how did it go in all like your experience with the Ireland team? Uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. Just kind of... <laughs> Being up in that environment in camp and kind of learning off them players, you know, we're very lucky to have kind of Pete, LZ, CJ, Murray, them lads down here. But then you go up there and you learn off the the best players in the other provinces as well. So kind of learn their style of playing and uh, what way they think's best. So kind of picking their brains whilst you're up there as well. And coming on, I suppose it wasn't ideal. Did you come on on the wing? Yeah, yeah, came on, came on on the wing. But um, I probably haven't played the wing in three or four years, but. Um, I'd played there a bit when I was at Ulster, so I kind of knew roughly what I was doing. Didn't know everything, but I knew kind of roughly what it, what was needed. So starting off, uh, where where like where, what part of England are you from? So who did you originally play with? Uh, so I was born in uh, Red Hill, which is in Surrey, and I moved to Kent when I was five. I started playing with a rugby club called uh, Cranbrook Rugby Football Club when I was seven years old. Um, I was there until I was eleven or twelve. And then I moved to a club called Tunbridge Wells uh, in my early teens. And then I finished off at um, playing in Brighton. So I kind of moved around with the club rugby a bit just to try and get the the county stuff and play that. And then from there, I went to uh, Crowley School in Surrey with a scholarship. And I spent uh, two years there and loved it. And was it rugby in your family or was it just, can Uh, you play whatever sport? Not really. No one, there wouldn't be kind of a big sport and kind of there wouldn't be many people in my family that play sport um my granddad and my nan loved rugby and they loved um they loved irish rugby and monster rugby so they probably would have been the the biggest influence on me playing um rugby and playing uh for ireland i suppose so would they have been from ireland or were they just fans uh yeah so my mom uh my mum was born in Wexford and then she moved to crystal palace when she was very young because my granddad was working as a, a steel director in london and then as they got a bit older and retired, my nan and my granddad moved back to uh, Wexford and kind of settled down there. And my mum and her siblings obviously grew up in England and spent their, they settled there and um, kind of, I suppose, met my dad and, and uh, went from there. So they'd be very proud so that you've ended up uh, as an Irish international. Yeah, yeah, I hope so anyway. Um, that's kind of one of the main motivations for me was because of, Everything my mum did with, did for me when I was growing up kind of drove me all all over the place. You know, I played for three rugby clubs when I was younger. I actually moved school um, just so I could play county rugby. My mum let me move school just so I could um, play for Sussex uh, because Kent didn't want me. <laughs> so my mum uh, moved me school, uh, went through Sussex and um, 
it would have been Harlequins at the time and then luckily managed to get a scholarship to um, Cranley and um, my mum would drive me in on a Sunday night. Uh, she'd drive me two hours in, two hours back um, and then she'd also uh, pick me up on a Saturday after the rugby match so she'd drive there and back again so she'd be doing eight hours of driving every single weekend so uh, without her it wouldn't have been possible at all. So what age would you have been then? I would have been six. I'd have been sixteen. So I was, I was at Cranley in uh, near Guildford, and my mum, my family house would have been um, in a small village called Sandhurst in uh, Kent. So I would have been boarding all through the week, and then um, I would have gone home on the weekends just for kind of twenty four hours just to see my family, and then in the summer, um, mum would have had to have uh, drove me to Guildford as well, which was two hours. So there was some. Some days where she was in Guildford three days a week, just sitting in Costa waiting for me to finish training with Harlequins and then drive me two hours back and then do it again the next day. So she's been unbelievable. Yeah. That must have been huge from yourself, I suppose, to move school, like to pursue your dream. You mean you must have been very driven at such a young age? Yeah, I was always asked and was one of them cliche questions, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you, you sort of say to the teacher, oh, I'm going to be a rugby player. And oh, what are you going to really be? Do you know? And um uh, mum was very good with me. She said, "If you if you want to do that and you and you put in the the effort uh, and really commit to it, then I'll never stop driving you around. But the day you lose your interest, you have to tell me because it's not in your best interest, kind of thing. So as long as I was working hard and she could see that, she was more than happy to kind of put in the put in the effort. I don't know if she she, she kind of genuinely thought it would happen, but she, you know, she believed in me, and without her, I probably wouldn't be here." And Cranley are very proud of you as well because they actually always tweet in like whenever anything happens, they're like so proud that you're a past pupil. Yeah, I'd had uh, my kind of uh, director of rugby there would have been Andy Houston and I'd have really, really good kind of relationship with him. Obviously, um, with mum not having that sport in history, she didn't really know kind of ha- how you go about organising it all and speaking to kind of the academy managers and stuff like that so kind of Andy Houston would have done a lot of that for me and kind of would have taken time out of his career to kind of help me out with that and he was always there he'd always stay behind with me after training and do the extras with me and and stuff like that and he also taught me uh, PE which was one of the A levels I did so yeah he was he's unbelievable and again he was one of them people that without without him I probably wouldn't have wouldn't be uh, playing for Munster. So from playing with the schools, then you were picked up um, the Ireland Exiles. Was that was that how you were yeah. initially spotted? Yeah. So um, I was I was playing for for Cranley, and uh, we kind of sort of made that decision with my mom and Andy Houston that I wanted to go down the the Irish route and play for Ireland. So I played for the 18s clubs. Um, it would have been 20, 2012 or twenty thirteen. Um, played two years of that until I was 18 and moved to Belfast with Ulster when I was 18, spent two years there, um, Did uh, played under 20s and then moved down here 2015-16. Uh, so this is my third season down here now and I have uh, at least one more and then hopefully many more after that. That must have been very daunting moving to Belfast at the age of 18. Yeah, it was scary enough. Um, I think what made it a lot easier was I had that kind of, I was bored and uh, six days a week anyway which got over two years which sort of made the transition uh, a lot easier I think if I didn't have that and I was straight kind of away from home it would have made it would have been very difficult um, 
I was given the odd weekend off here and there as well to go home. I think they knew that you needed kind of to settle in away from home and it's kind of a big transition for, I would have just been uh, a kid back then, like you said, 18 years old. So um, that made the transition a lot easier, but obviously that first year away from home is always a big shock to the system when you have to do your own washing and cleaning and cooking and your mum's not there to do it for you. <laughs> you didn't do too bad though, uh, Academy Player of the Year? Uh, yeah, I got, I suppose there was kind of, I was playing with uh, myself and Jacob and then from that year would have been Lork and Dow as, and would have been another fella and uh, I think I probably got a bit lucky that Jacob was injured the whole year and uh, maybe snuck it from him because of that. <laughs> and you made a, at, at 18 you made a Champions Cup debut and you played I think 14 like first team games which is, it's a bit unheard of really for someone that young to be able to play with first team. Yeah, I think I got kind of, I think it was a World Cup year that year, so I kind of got a bit lucky. Uh, Cavey was away with Ireland. I think Lukey Marshall was injured. Uh, Stu McCluskey was just breaking through. Jared was away with Ireland. So kind of, there was a lot of guys that weren't in the mix and um, I got, I suppose, very lucky uh, with injury in that sense. And uh, like, I'll always be incredibly grateful to the opportunities that I I was given there at such a young age. I wasn't naive, I knew that that didn't happen very often, but um, I think to get that experience so young, I'll, I'll always be grateful for that. And your two years there, you enjoyed it. I mean, but how did you end up coming down to Munster then? How did that work out? Um, I've I've always had that kind of connection with Munster. And then once when a club, like I said this before, when the club sort of came in, came in for me and, um, you know, my granddad was from Munster and I got, there is Munster in my blood and... I don't know, I just had this feeling in my gut that this might not come up again, you know, and you kind of take that that gamble and take that risk. And luckily for me, I, I settled in here, had a, a tough first year of injury and stuff like that, but just completely fell in love with the place and uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Yeah, moving down to Limerick, I suppose, from Belfast then, was that another kind of a big change in your life? Yeah, it was a big change. I think I'd been in... I'd been in four different houses in the space of kind of two years um, and I think I'm in my fifth one now so the sooner I can save up some money I'll be a bit happier but um, it was a big kind of, I I, I knew I could do it because I did it when I was 16 going to boarding school, I'd done it when I was uh, 18 going to Belfast so it wasn't something that I was sort of afraid of, I knew it would be tough but I'd done it before and I knew I could kind of do it again and um, once you're kind of welcomed into the family, everyone looks after you. I had that kind of tough first year of injury. And um, I think Mike Sherry was having all that trouble with his back at the time. And lads just kind of put you, put their arm around you and they, they look after you. And that's what you need at times like that. It happens to everyone. But sometimes when you're in, in that bubble and you are injured, sometimes you struggle to see the light. But other people can help you see it as well. And, you know, it happens to everyone once you get through it. It's just part of the game. Yeah, and having burst onto the scene, like playing European and Pro Pro 12, I suppose, Pro 14 rugby at the age of 18, you must have thought, this is easy. Yeah, I think um, I probably took them opportunities a bit for granted when I first came down. Um, I think if I didn't have that kind of first, that first year where obviously had a few injuries, but then I wasn't selected as well, you know, I, I wasn't playing as well as what I could have been. And um, uh, it, it gave me a bit of a a kick up the bum I suppose that I, I maybe needed as well kind of when you're given that them opportunities very young sometimes you can you can go to your head a wee bit as well and I think 
they're very good here at, at keeping everyone grounded and it's very much just get better every single day and if you're not getting better you're getting worse and that's the reality of it so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change that first year here and what it has made me do is every time I wear the monster jersey I appreciate it so much more because you you, you literally don't know when you're going to get another opportunity and there's guys chomping at the bit to do it here and we're we're very blessed with uh, an unbelievable squad at the minute. Uh, just have to look at the midfielders that, in particular, for me and the the array of talent that's there. It's it, it's through the roof. You can't take your kind of foot off the gas for a second because someone will snatch the jersey off you. But that first season, it wasn't all bad. Like you actually, you did an unbelievable um, campaign with the Munster A team in the British and Irish Cup. That was unbelievable. I think what what we had that year was we were all kind of. We had a very good team, but we were all very good kind of friends. Um, we knew it was key in Bahans kind of last year with Monster, and everyone sort of rallied together. And we wanted to, we wanted to win for him. In the end, I remember we were sitting in the changing room, and it was nineteen nineteen nil down at half time, I think. And I, I, I remember just thinking, we can still, we can still win this game. This game is still here. We absolutely can still win this game. I think Coombsy scored a try before. Sorry, just before half time actually, which would have made it nineteen five. Coombsy scored that try, and it kind of put us back, put us back in the mix. And somehow we came back down, came back from nineteen nil down. Woods scored an unbelievable try to uh, to win us the game, and uh, we had a good night out after that. <laughs> and you were playing a bit um, all Ireland League rugby as well with Gary Owen that season as well. That's very important for lads who kind of aren't playing week in week out that they're playing at a very high standard in the all Ireland League, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. You know, it's I was very lucky to had kind of Shamey and uh, Conan looking after me down there. And then there's a lot of Gary Owen boys as well. For my first year would have been myself, Bill, uh, Dave Johnston, Alex Wooden, Steve McMahon, who's now playing in France. So we had a, a very good team and there was kind of a good kind of game understanding of how to play the game. We, we sort of took the Munster DNA, I suppose, from here and tried to add it to the Gary Owen DNA and play play the best kind of rugby we could and um, luckily we had some very good players and it's just great to see Gary Owen going 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 well now. And last season then I suppose it was really your, your breakthrough season with Munster in November. You, I think you, you I think you'd picked up an injured start season but then November like things just took off. Yeah, got um I think I took I tore my calf at the start of the season and then um I think the centre started going down like flies and Probably got a bit of a bit of luck there to get the opportunity, and then um, yeah, it's very enjoyable season. Kind of, but the Dragons game to uh, Zebra to Ospreys to kind of the European game, which was kind of very daunting. I think we had nobody left, so the coaches didn't really have a choice. Just threw me in the defense, see what happened. Um, but luckily, it went alright, and uh, we managed to win. Yeah, winning home and away against Leicester Tigers, that was a huge kind of moment in the season and you were obviously a huge part of it. That must have been very satisfying, especially going back to England, being a part of a Munster team who win in Welford Road, which is obviously one of the trickiest or the toughest places to win a, a, yeah. as an away team. It was it was pretty uh it's pretty special because five kind five five, six weeks before I was playing kinda of playing AIL rugby and you think it's kinda of so far away. And then five weeks later, I was kind of we were playing. I was playing Leicester at home um, in the Champions Cup for Munster, and I remember running out um, at Thurman Park, being like, "I'm I'm here. I'm actually playing for Munster at Thurman Park against Leicester, one one of the most famous kind of 
fixtures around and it, at first it kind of felt like a bit of a dream and then obviously we managed to get the winner home and then went away to Welford Road and we managed to kind of grind out a victory there for the first time in I couldn't tell you exactly but in however many years and it was kind of surreal feeling I had my mum mum and my stepdad there and kind of just to enjoy that moment with them you know I sort of thought it was so far away and then kind of a couple of injuries and you you straight in and it was just unbelievable yeah and the Toulon game as well I think probably what most people remember from that quarter final is yourself and Rory Scannell uh, against Man Anu and um, Basser yeah I mean that was like a phenomenal day what was the experience like for you yeah it was kind of it was incredible it was an incredibly stressful week I completely stayed away from the the media that week I would have kind of all the big games, you know, you can read stuff and you can almost read yourself out of a performance because no one believes in you but yourself. So just kind of stay away from that. I remember seeing something on Twitter about um, how many caps the kind of international caps the Toulon midfield had. And I think we had three between us and Rory had all three of them and I had none. So no one was giving us a chance. But, you know, like, I think that just goes to show the strength of the collective, you know, and... It doesn't matter. Like you could be the best player in the world, but if you if you don't have that kind of team camaraderie, I was lucky. I had an incredible group of guys around me that managed to help me, help me step up as best I could. You know, Rory inside me, Keats at ten, Murray, Pete, uh, CJ. You know, them lads were unbelievable. Bomber, Bomber at fifteen. Uh, Zeebs went off early early in the game. You know, Woods Woods came on, uh, Sweets came on. Woods started on the wing. You know, we had a young team out that day as well, and. Johan put the faith in the kind of young fellas to to try and get the job done and I remember just when when Bombers scored that try the place erupted and I've, I, I haven't to this day heard anything like that in my life it was unbelievable and it's something it's, that probably is my favourite rugby memory to uh, to date when Bomber ran that try and then sort of we came back from the dead I suppose Yeah it was so unexpected wasn't it out of nowhere Yeah it was um Try and Duke, I remember Try and Duke hit the kick and I think everyone in the stadium was just thinking it was going to go out and kind of Bomber plucked it over his head and sort of saw him running and was just waiting for someone to tackle him and then for some reason I saw he he ran it in under the sticks and I was thinking surely there's something's happened here, a penalty or something that, that kind of happened and uh, the ref awarded the try and the, the, the place absolutely blew up and... I remember at the final whistle, just kind of walking around after the game, and all the fans stayed there, and the atmosphere was oh, it's, it's unbelievable. And if I'm lucky to kind of experience one more day like that, I'll be I'll be delighted because it was unbelievable. It must give you a savage uh, self belief then coming through an occasion like that. You know, as you say, their midfield pairing had so many so much experience, so many international caps, but you know, you you've probably the better midfield pairing on the day. Yeah, but then that's you could say that, but then that's kind of. That's scary as well, you know, when you're going you're going to play teams away from home and you you know, you can't take your reputation on the pitch, I suppose. You can't take you can't take your hundred caps on international caps on the pitch and I'm sure that them fellas know that as well and it's no different for myself when I'm going out and playing, you know, you're only as good as your last game, what you've done before and what you do after doesn't really matter because if you don't perform in them eighty minutes then then it doesn't matter, you know. Your team's you've lost the game, or you ha- or fr- you've switched off, and we've scored that winning try there, for example. You know, if you if you clock out for one week, then you're going to slip up, and things are going to bite you in the butt, I suppose. So 
for me personally, I try, that's what I try to say to myself anyway, is you're only as good as your last game. And I think the best players in the world are the ones that manage to kind of maintain that, that form every single week and they don't let the kind of things go to their head and stuff like that. And, you know, that's only one game, you know. Um, I think, uh, you know, a few weeks after that, we lost uh, kind of Leinster in the semi and then you're brought straight back down to earth again. So I think it's, we, t we talk about kind of being moment focused here and taking it game by game because you are only as good as your last game, I suppose. It was a great season in so many ways, but... The two semi-final defeats, they were a killer, really. I mean, if you win one of those and you're into a final, you never know what could happen, but yeah. missing out in the semi-final must have been very tough to take. Yeah, the... the You know, we sort of... We were, we were going away to kind of Rassen, and I think there was a, gen, a genuine excitement that this could be... This could have been our year. That could be our year. And uh, for whatever whatever reason, you know, we, we didn't get the win, and... Uh, we were kind of brought straight back down to earth and then we had, I couldn't tell you then, but then we went in and played obviously Leinster in the semi in the RDS and we ended up losing that game by one point as well. So it was that, it was kind of, uh, I suppose, a, bit, a bitterly disappointing end to a season that we thought promised so much with kind of the Toulon game yeah, in particular. You know, I really thought that was kind of the game that we could really build on and, 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 um, and push on from there. So... It was obviously very, very disappointing, but then I think you have to look at the teams of late that have kind of won trophies and uh, won titles and, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. They've lost in semis, they've lost in finals and you have to learn from that. You know, you look at kind of um, Saris and their domination of the Premiership over the last few years, you know, uh, that didn't happen overnight. They built that, they grew that, they had their, their, their own kind of special culture and they... Um, you know they they made it up themselves it doesn't happen overnight you have to get through them kind of tough days to to learn from them and get that experience and you know hopefully this season or next season or the one after will be uh, more the better for it and uh, it'll serve us well yeah and it has been a perfect start season but things are starting to build nicely now coming into like a really important block of the season isn't it Yes, um, the next few weeks, if you if you just look at the fixtures and the quality of the opposition, it, we know it is. It's a season-defining kind of segment of the season, and uh, it starts off with the cast back-to-back games, and we know how how kind of significant that is. You know, they're they're the French champions. Kind of, I don't think many people expected them to do it last year, and. Uh, you know they they managed to win that final and um, they they deserved it. You know they're a tough tough team. and went over there last year and drew. Um, they're incredibly kind of robust and direct, and they're and they're tough to beat. So you know, like I said, we 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 have to take it one week at a time because we literally are playing very very good opposition every single week. You know, and we we can't look any further than the the game on the weekend. And looking back now, making your debut at the age of eighteen up in Ulster, what would you say is the difference in yourself as a player? Uh, I think when I was as younger, I would have been kind of very, I'd have been very kind of tough on myself. I would have been, I suppose, uh, edging down the kind of perfectionist route. You know, if if something went wrong in a game, I wouldn't understand why, and I'd be kind of so disappointed with myself. And as you get older, and um, I suppose you mature, and you get more games, you realise that perfection doesn't exist you know you're going to make mistakes in games you're going to make mistakes in training and it's how you kind of bounce back from them you know so that would be kind of the one thing for me I think I'm a lot better with dealing with adversity now instead of kind of overreacting over kind of small things in a game or I get an injury and uh, I think the world's going to end kind of thing I think I'd be a lot more mature and, and uh, better at coping with that now 
and then um, I think I'm a lot fitter than probably what I was back then. I was probably I think I was heavier than what I was back then than what I am now. So I think they'd be the two differences. Johan obviously took over just about a year ago. What kind of impact has he had on the group? Yeah, unbelievable. I think he's brought um, everyone way closer together. I think you can really see the the culture in the club. You know, there's there's no egos. Everybody's kind of so close knit, and it is a real kind of family family environment. And um, everyone gets on so well. Like you go to sleep at night looking forward to to coming in in the morning because you're gonna have good crack and you're gonna have fun with your mates. But like it's it's serious, and everyone's genuinely in this to win it. And we want to win trophies and it's great to do it with your best, try and do it with your best friends anyway. So I think that's the main difference he's brought. And then for me personally, I think I'm very, I was, I was very lucky to have a coach that a coach that kind of put a lot of faith in me as a young fella, you know, they could have, the coach and staff here could have signed an overseas, a uh, short term overseas fella for the injuries. And, and they didn't, they kind of gave me opportunities and, you know, look at the young fellas getting opportunities now this year as well, which I think is in- incredible for the club. Look, uh, Gavin Coombs, Finian Winchley, uh, Winchley, Shane Daly, you know, all them fellas are getting their chances and it's it's great to see because they're the fellas that are working their nuts off in training, you know, they're the, the guys that hold the tackle pads every week and get belted in training and it's great to see them getting their chance because they deserve it. Thanks for downloading this official Munster Rugby podcast. For more, go to MunsterRugby.ie or subscribe to Munster Rugby on SoundCloud or iTunes.